Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Chris Rydell, actor and now podcast host, I guess. Um, that guy you've seen on a million TV shows and movies, but you still do not know my name. And I'm David Allen Bache, actor and sometimes producer. And you also recognize me from lots of films and TV shows, but you probably couldn't name one of them right now if I paid you to. The two of us and our guests are going to let you in on some secrets on how to make it as an actor and share some private stories from the many movies and TV shows that we've worked on. That's right. We're going to interview a special guest each week, and we'll get their best advice and wisdom for you about how to break into this business and how to stay in it. And yes, again, there will be stories, stories, stories. So let's get to it. This is Confessions of a Working Actor. Okay. We have started our recording. I'm really excited about today. Yes, as am I. As am I. Yeah, we have a, a great guest in Richard. And, oh, there he is. There am I. But, David. Yes. Why don't you tell us, I don't know, have you had any great auditions, terrible auditions? Oh, you know. What's uh, been going on? I know there's there's lots of actors listening. You know, some sometimes you have no auditions. Sometimes you have so many you can't get them done. At least that's the goal. This week, and you'll see this could be a great segue into introducing our guest. This week, I auditioned for a wide variety of things. Uh, uh, Kung Fu Season 3, a role uh, in a film that Viggo Mortensen is directing, which should be really interesting, called The Dead Don't Hurt. And uh -huh, a great new show called East New York, which leads us to our guest this week because he's in it. So, oh, all right, so we're talking this week to the ubiquitous, and I use that word on purpose, Richard Kind. He's been in, I mean, well, Jesus, everything. Uh, Mad About You, Curb Your Enthusiasm, about two or 300 other TV shows. I heard that along with my pal Michael Boatman, he's one of only two actors to appear in all 145 episodes of Spin City, and he was funny in every single one of them. He is the definition of a working actor, and he never stops. Welcome, Richard. So I get to talk now? <laughs> if you want. <laughs> Ultimately, I should be much wealthier than I am. <laughs> you, you heard that 145 episodes and you thought to yourself, I, I, wait a minute. I, I thought, it's crazy. I thought we did more than 105. Well, I guess we were, what were we, six years or two? Yeah, 145. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, that sound, that You made enough right. money to, to get your pension. I'm sure. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough. On that one. Yes. That I did. <laughs> and and you did you work a lot with Andy Cadiff on Sex and on uh, Spin City? Or? Very very much worked with yeah. Andy. Yep. 
uh, worked with him a few times. In fact, he was in town recently. I wasn't supposed to, but I was out of town. I, I, I love Andy. I just missed him as well. I saw yeah. him, uh, I think, about six months ago. He was in town, and he said, oh, let's, you have to meet me at the Harvard Club. And I was like, oh, all right. Oh, for Jesus God's sake. Christ. So pretentious. But uh, then, He's supposed to impress know. women, not, not, not as know. character actors. I know. I worked with Andy for five years on The X's, you know, yeah. almost 70 episodes, and he is just fantastic. Just great. Yes, he is. He's fantastic. And so, uh, and so, used to be an actor. Or, or actually, he was yeah. how, he was Hal yeah. Prince's assistant. That's right. On that's some of right. the biggies too. Yeah. Yep, that's right. He he told me that Hal taught him. Uh, he told me the story that Hal taught him to always write a handwritten note to people to thank them. That it means a lot. And I had been working uh, on a play uh, with Eli Wallach that Lonnie Price directed. And all of a sudden backstage, I get a handwritten note delivered by hand, like a hand messenger hands it to me. And it was from Hal Prince saying that he really enjoyed the show and thought it right, did a good right. job. I still have it somewhere. I'm uh, stuck. On and I know what the play was. It was uh, uh, Mr. Yeah. Something Something. Yes. Visiting Mr. Green. Thank you very much. Yes. That's exactly right. Mr. Right. Something Something. Wait, speaking of Yes. Tell us about Mr. Saturday Night with Billy Crystal. Was that like a film? Kind I of haven't. Like oh, oh the, 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 the movie? The movie, yeah. Okay, uh, because it's on Broadway now. Yeah, yeah. The movie. Back, okay, back I, in I, the day. I actually have a, a couple of stories about that. I was, doing, I was in Second City at the time. Billy obviously liked me. I played a nothing role of just like a, a cub reporter out in Miami who's interviewing this character. Right. In his dotage. And I being the actor that I am, pretended that this character was every comic I ever wanted to meet. From Shecky Green to Jan Murray to uh, uh, Buddy Hackett to Alan mm. King, everyone, mm. everything I wanted to ask them. And I improvised with Billy. Now, Billy yeah. was directing. And this is at a time that we didn't have chips. It was film. And, so, and nobody was there to yell cut because Billy was acting. Right. And I just kept asking him questions. And if you <laughs> asked me, I helped him build his character Bible because I just kept it. You know, he's not going to sit down and write while I started and blah, blah, blah. This way. And I just kept asking him questions. And so all of a sudden they're out of film. <laughs> so there's nobody there to yell cut. They just said, Billy, we're out of film. And he yeah. goes back and he sits there and he's watching the playback. He's watching and he's watching. And I remember looking at me go, it's like we're really talking. And it just made me laugh. Uh, it's like we're guy. really talking. But, I, you know, he, he's as charming and generous and mm. nice and funny and quick and gracious a man as you'd ever want to be. And I think I wrote the first line of that movie, yeah. which is my mother was trying to kill us with fat and i think it's <laughs> it, there, there's darkness and it it's, opens within dark my mother was trying to kill us and then a ball of matzo meal falls into frame with fat and i think i <laughs> i think i wrote that <laughs> but when good, we were doing adr that's a good line i love it yeah, yeah. i love it i was looking at your filmography richard and it said there was 265 credited jobs. 
Credited jobs. Isn't that astounding? Or, or, you know, acting jobs or whatever it is. Yeah, it's crazy. And I'm thinking to myself, does this guy ever sleep in his own bed? (laughs) 265 jobs. I know. This is amazing. You've had an amazing career. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look, everything that I say in this podcast, I've said before. So if it sounds like I'm making it up right now, that's how good an actor I am. But I've said it all before. With this face, it's astounding. Perfect. Because it's a telegenic business, and I don't think I have the most telegenic face. Uh, I call myself the smuckers of acting. With a face like this, I'd better be good. (laughs) I call myself the Costco of acting. I come in quantity, and I come cheap. (laughs) <laughs> and you have to have a membership card to get in the door. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, oh, yeah. have to do is say, Richard, would you do this? That's right. And I do it. Uh, right. Hank Azaria once said, do you ever say no? Mm. And for many, 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 many years, I've said yes, 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 mm. and did not say no. Mm. And it really takes a lot for me to say no. Yeah, Hank is uh, Hank is a prince of a guy. I know him a little. Oh, he's bit. great, great guy. Great. And you and worked great on actor. you worked on Brockmire, and I did Brockmire with him, yep. which uh, which I had to audition for. And he's a really good friend. Yeah, but I'm also of the opinion if you don't, if they ask you to audition and you don't audition, chances are you're not going to get the part. Mm, I, that's what I've heard. So. You also might not get any part in the future, right? I mean, some actors. No, say, no, no. A lot of no. I'm, what I'm saying is, in forgive me, uh, I, and I'm going to say this without humility, but in my position now, I get offered a lot of roles. Mm-hmm. I like to audition. I'm the idiot who really likes it. <laughs> I like to work on parts. I may not get it. But unlike writing and unlike painting, you cannot act alone. A camera has to be on you Mm. or you're doing it with somebody. So you are Mm. able to act. You can write alone. You can paint alone. But you cannot create as an actor all by yourself. Mm. You try and do it shaving. It just doesn't work. But with a camera or a Zoom or whatever it is, you are acting and you're doing it with somebody. You're, there is an audience. So, and I happen to like that. Mm. Even if I'm not right for the role or I know I'm not going to get it. Or they say, well, such and such has got the role. But just in case he doesn't work out, they're auditioning you for second position. What the hell? Maybe I'll be better than the guy yep. that they're using. Yep. You don't know. Yeah, yeah I really am because the guy they're not using is actually more famous so it doesn't even matter whether or not I'm better or worse. Uh, he's more famous. He's, he's famous. And that's and that's the business. What are you going to do? Yeah, I've gotten a few jobs where people have dropped out or I know it was last minute. I get that last minute call. And right. I say, I say, yes, I don't care. I'll jump right in. Sure. God bless him. God bless him for breaking his leg or getting right. a bigger job. Right. I don't that's care. Right. Uh, right. But the only thing the only thing is, even if I'm, quote unquote, better. It's a business, and if somebody's more famous, that person will draw in people. I know people say, oh, Richard Kind, I like him, but they're not going to run out or turn on their TV to watch Richard Kind. They'll turn Uh, on their TV. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. Tell us, us, Richard. I talk a lot, don't I? 
When did you know you wanted to be an actor? After I did Fagin in fifth grade, doing a, a production of Oliver uh-huh. in, in uh, elementary school, but I never took it seriously. I never really thought that I would be an actor. I wanted to because, but I, and at the time I probably wanted to be a movie star and not an actor, as Peter O'Toole famously said, but I really did. I used to like to be called on to read in class. I don't think I was the best reader, and I often would want to reread what I just read and say I can do it better, but I did always want to be an actor, mm-hmm. and I always went to Broadway, and uh, you know, when I was in high school, I lived an hour outside of New York. I lived in Pennsylvania. I would take the train in from Trenton, and I always wanted to be an actor. What does, it mean, what does it mean to take it seriously to you? I was supposed to go into my dad's business. I was supposed to be going to a store. I was supposed to go to business school and law school. Actually, he wanted me to go to both and then take over his business. He had a beautiful jewelry store in, in uh, Princeton, New Jersey. And that's what I was destined to do. Go into my dad's retail store. I would have been third generation retail jeweler. And, you know, I wasn't, and, and, and nobody becomes an actor. Everybody wants, everybody wants to be a rock star. Everybody right. wants to play, you know, outfield for the Yankees, but you don't do it. Yeah. yeah. You do it. Well, we you, do you it, do but it. we're, you know, we're, Rich, but that's a good point. You know, when my high school drama coach, uh, my high school drama teacher said to me very early on, everybody wants to be a star. And there's very few people that are willing to work to try to become one. Look how many people I went to Northwestern. I, 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 so many people wanted to be actors. And they're not. Look how many people yeah. go to, you know, HP Studios or wherever, or Roy London, and and they they're not actors. Yep. They 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 try it, but they're not. Very uh, lucky. Very. And lucky. if you want to know, here's my little bond moat. It takes a lot of courage to become an actor. It takes a lot more courage to get out of it. Mm. To say, I give up my dream. This is not for me. I don't like it. Or I, 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 I deserve a house. I want children. I, I can't just live hand to mouth for my own. It takes a lot of courage to say this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. A lot of courage. It's true. You know, and Rich, this is it's just interesting to me, the similarities. I one of my early roles was the Artful Dodger. Uh-huh. In, in Oliver, and I said, oh, I like this. I think I, I could do this. Wow. And I I thought about going into the jewelry business because my grandfather was a jeweler and my uncle was a jeweler. Wow. And had a jewelry business on 47th Street in Manhattan, manufacturing jewelry. Uh-huh. And uh, so we, we could have been uh, we could have been brothers. You never we could have. And I, I used to stop at those places. That's not what my dad did. My dad was the opposite. Retail, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you yeah. dealt with a lot of Jews. Yes. <laughs> yes, My please. dad dealt with a lot of non-Jews. He was Jewish in a town filled with Goyim. Mm. Filled with them. It's astounding how well respected he was, because I'm sure a lot of them were uh, anti-Semites. Right. But in Princeton, which is one of the most, I think it's the highest literacy rate in the world, hmm. Princeton, New Jersey. And he was the only jewelry store in Princeton. So his competition was Tiffany's and Cartier's and Winston Jewelers. And, you know, that's who his competition was. You either went to New York or you went to see my dad. In, uh, and my dad was very personal. And all of his stuff was so overpriced. 
Tremendously expensive. That's how you make a living. Yeah, but but it was the finest there was. Yep. He dealt yep. with the finest jewelry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What else we got, Chris? Well, I know our listeners want to know, you know, always want to know a piece of advice maybe that you would give a young aspiring thespian. Honestly, two things. One we already talked about. Never turn down work. You never know where it's going to lead. Never turn down an audition. Unless there are consequences where if you audition, you got to take it. But I really do say when you're starting out, do theater. Do theater, do theater, do theater, do theater. Stardom or wealth or a career will come if you're good. And I believe you only become good if you do theater. Some are born with astounding talent. And if they're given great looks, you know, I've, I've talked about great looks being a talent. Sometimes people have looks that are so beautiful you can't deny them. And through work and through mentorship by a director or by just going and doing it, you become better. But if you're not blessed with that, going in front of an audience time after time and working and doing different things, you you find out what acting is. If you try just doing TV, especially TV, on TV, your goal is to get out the lines that the writer wrote. That is your job, to make your day. You have to help the director make his day, meaning finish all nine pages. America will see those words. You've got to let them do it as quickly as they can so they don't have to spend more money. But a play, you make mistakes as you're rehearsing. You delve deeper. The lines will eventually come after two, three weeks and, and work at home. But TV, you better know your lines. When you show up, you better know your lines. In a play, that is not your goal. Your goal is to say the lines as best as the writer intended them. And you have a process of getting there, of trying different things, of making mistakes, even in previews. And if you do uh, summer theater, all right, 300 people a night are going to see you make a mistake. I've tried this. This doesn't work. Let's do something else. And TV, you can't gamble like that. You got to come to the table with your best. You know, Jimmy Kahn once said to me that actors are like airplanes, that some go at the speed of sound and some don't. Some are in front of their thought and some the thought is in front of them. You know, how do you get out of your own way? Wow. You know, how do you allow yourself to just trust and be and let it go and know that, you know, that you're funny or that you're right. whatever you're doing, you know? Right. That, how does one do that? How do you do that? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, I got to tell you something else, though. Jimmy Kahn was lucky. He's one of those people that was blessed with good looks. He was going to be discovered whether he wanted it or not. Mm -hmm. And eventually... He became phenomenally great. Mm -hmm. And he worked with the best that was out there. I think his first movie was Rain People. It's ridiculously great. Mm -hmm. Then he's working with the best director around. So he's going to look great. He got a great screenplay. He's got a great director. And he was working with Shirley Knight, who was the best around. Maybe not the most famous, but she was the best around. He was going to be great. How do I get out of my own way? I don't. It is a flaw of mine. I, I sometimes think that I act like Jimmy Khan wants me to. I say Jimmy Khan, like James Khan wants me to. And sometimes I don't. I used to, when I do theater, I want the audience or, or TV, I want them to like me right away. James Khan doesn't have to deal with that. They like him right away because of how he looks and eventually who he was and the project that he was doing. He got lucky. He's, he's, mm. he's one of those, he's one of those actors who God touched. That's a great, that's a great point about being liked. And I know so many actors who struggle with wanting the character to be likable. Right. And, and sometimes we all get in our own way when we're thinking about that. And I know, you know, I, I tend to play a lot of villains and a lot of crooked politicians and embezzling lawyers. And, and people have asked me about that. And I've always said, I don't need to make you like the character because I already like the character. Like, I've already found something that I love about this guy. Even if he's the world's biggest liar, like there's something that I've already found that I love that this guy does. I love that he does X, Y, or Z. I love that he is this, believes this, or feels this. But getting in your own way or wanting to be liked too much, it's a very interesting thing for us. Yeah, but, for... but, but there's also a difference in what we're talking about. I hope it's not just semantics. I want them to like Richard Kind, the actor, mm. rather than like the character. Mm. I don't need my villain to be likable. Right. But I like to have them like watching me. Sure. Sure. Okay. And the second one is an insecurity of mine. Mm -hmm. And we all have insecurities. We all have insecurities. But that is my insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and sometimes I am not a competitive person except for when I'm competitive. <laughs> and sometimes I want to be, my, my goal is, Oh, this is a ridiculous statement about I'm about to say. Sometimes I want to be the best and the favorite that you're watching. And other times I say, I'm not going to win an Academy Award for this role. So just do it good. Mm. Just be good. Mm. You know, and and if I think that, oh, I'm going to win an Academy Award, this is going to be a, a, a breakout where the, I, I tend to overact. Yep. And yep. and I and I I, I tend to, and there 
my insecurities really come out. But a lot of times I stop myself and say, just act the fucking role. Mm. Just do it right. What about the station agent? Was that one of those roles where, was that one of those things? Yeah, you were bringing where... up such obscure things in my <laughs> career that it's a great I, part. It, first of all, it, it, it was a nice part. I don't think it's a great part. I loved it. I I could argue with you, but I I, I, I brought it up because I think it was one of those times where, to me, I was watching another actor who wasn't thinking about, "Am I going to get an Oscar? Am I going to do that?" It just you seemed fully immersed in it. Okay. There to there to there to promote the story, move the story forward, and Absolutely. some and somehow that came off to me. Uh, it was a real lesson to me. It came off as as a, an effortless performance. And yes, it may have been a smaller role, but uh, uh, that was a great example to me of you show up, you do your work. You know, you, you you are correct. It's obvious that's not an Academy Award winning role. It was obvious. It's too small a role. There's a couple of things. Tom McCarthy, great writer, great director, certainly. When I was at Second City, and, and the, it was Alan Arkin who, who talked about this, Second City taught an actor, what is your job in the scene? Why are you there? Yeah, the obvious is good cop, bad cop. Am I there to tell the, help tell the story? Am I laying pipe? Am I getting laughs? Am I the star? Am I moving the action along? In Spence City, my job was to get a laugh. It was not to be real. It was not to forward the story. It was to get a laugh. Michael J. Fox got the laughs. Michael J. Fox got the story. Or Michael J. Fox got the story. I got the laugh. That's what I was there for. In that particular scene, my job was so, so clear. It was it was simple. I knew what the end was. Tell him what happened to his uncle. Here's the station. Get out. Get out. Yeah. It was so easy. I'm going to tell you a funny story. I was lucky enough to work for Clint Eastwood. Wow. And I did in a movie that I don't think is very good. However, there are two introductory stories that are fantastic. What was the One, movie? One a movie called uh, the Hereafter or Here yeah. called Hereafter. Yeah, I encourage you to see the first scene. It was when I first saw CGI. It's a tsunami takes over the sound. It's I had never seen CGI before. It's an astounding, astounding feat of filmmaking. Mm. The second part introduces Matt Damon's character, who happens to be a fortune. He, he sees the future, or he, he sees people. He holds their hands now. I go up there because his brother is a friend of mine and says he can that, that this Matt Damon character can help me. Grabs my hand. He sees that something happens in June. June. Something about June. June is all right. All right. I leave. I go downstairs to my car. I'm supposed to put the keys into the ignition, turn it on. The brother runs downstairs, knocks on the door and says, what happened in June? What ends? What, what I tell him is that June was the name of my of my wife's nurse. My mm. wife has died. It's all right to go out and, and to fall in love with June. That's my wife telling me. That's what my wife has told me through Matt Damon's character. The character is now dead. Okay. I've never told this to anyone before in my life. I've never even mentioned June. I fell in love with June. I go in the car. I turn the key on. Uh, the, the, the brother comes down. It's Jay Moore. He, 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 I roll down the window. He says, so what happened in June? I begin to tell him. Clint Eastwood comes down 
And he says, uh, yeah, 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 that's great. That's great. Um, listen, just do it faster. I said, Clint, I'm not this kind of actor. Trust me. But this guy comes down. He's a friend of mine, but I hardly know him. I've never told this secret to anyone in my life. And here he comes and he's asking me. And I, I, just, I kind of think, do I, and wait, do I, do I, uh, do, do I tell him right away? I, or, I mean, I, I, I have to think about this is the first person I've ever told. I, you know, and I, I just can't blurt it out. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah. Just do it faster. <laughs> that's, oh. that was his direct. <laughs> that's great. So that's what it was. Just do it faster. That was my role. Yeah. My role was, I was yes. and, and then, yeah. That's all I do. So, yeah. Rich, Richard, we have a... First of all, that's a great story. Amazing that you got to work with him. So I just love that. We have a special segment that we do on the show where we talk about our worst audition story ever. Okay, doke. Do you have a worst audition story? And if so, if you haven't told it, will you make up another one? <laughs> I do. I used to do a song when I was a singing waiter you probably know the song from Jungle Book. Oh, I'm the king of the swingers. Oh, the jungle VIP. You know that song? Yep, yep, sure. Yep. King Louis sings it. In the song, you start going, oh, ooby doo. <laughs> like that. You start doing monkey sounds. Right. So you really have to commit to that, to that song. I like where this is going already, Rich. <laughs> I go in. And I do the song. And you know when you're telling a joke and you just feel halfway through, <laughs> this joke is going to bomb. <laughs> I'm losing them. I, I never had them. <laughs> I, I'm telling, and I'm telling it great. <laughs> and for some reason, they're thinking about, I have to pick up bread and eggs and milk. Because, you know, you know that they're not listening. And I'm doing this song and they would have none of it. They just stood there open mouthed, looking at me, acting like an ape. And midway through, I just stopped and I said, thank you very much. <laughs> and I turned around and walked out. So. Uh, all right, uh, Richard, we usually end on a segment that we call the best piece of advice. That's something someone shared with you early on, something that maybe you learned the hard way a long time ago. And uh, yes, this, this podcast is primarily for actors. So what do you think? Okay, because this is for actors. Yes. I will tell you the best advice I give to any actor. It's really hard to do, but it's really the truth. Mm. You have to come in there with a couple of things. Number one, you have to believe that you're a good actor. Number two... You have to believe that you are absolutely right for the part. So they're auditioning you, and you must believe that you are correct for the role and can do the role. You go in with the attitude that is not, oh, God, I need this. I'm really right for this. I really need it. It is, guys, you want to make a lot of money with this. You want this to be the best you can be. I'm your guy. I can help you. I can do it. I only hope you cast as well 
around me as you will get casting me. Amen. Because if you go in putting that kind of pressure on yourself, you're stymied a little bit. But instead, you know, as an actor, you know, you hear this, oh, you brought me such joy. Oh, I loved your performance. I loved watching you. You've always made me laugh. I can help you. This is what I got. I'm going to give this to you. And it was first started, I think, I went and auditioned for an, a, a show that Carol Burnett did called Carol and Company. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I was the only one out in the waiting room. And I remember I was in a long hall. And rather than the casting director coming out to get me, Carol came out into the hall with her arms open. And she said, come on in. I hear you're wonderful. Let's come on. Let's play. Wow. So rather than sitting there with her arms crossed saying, what do you got? She said, I know you can be great. Right. Let me see the best you got. Yep. And that's a great way to go into an audition is I've got what you need. Let me let me be great and cast around me. That is great advice. And I, I a lot of casting directors that I know have said, we want you to be the answer to our casting problem. You, we want you to. We're rooting for you, and we right. want you to be that answer that's going to make the show or the film or the play great, and we're all going to make money, and it's going to be fun to make art. We that's, want that's, that. That's, yeah, yeah, because we keep thinking, oh, the, the, the producers, they don't want you to be successful. They're not there in the room saying, oh, dear God, I hope that Richard Kind can buy a bigger house. <laughs> right. They want their show to be Seinfeld. Right. Please, God, let Richard Kind be our, our answer to the next Seinfeld. I was going to say, my father one time had told me, he said, you know, no one wants to sit in there one more second. Mm. They want they you want to me. be. When, they, when you walk in the door, they're like, God, let this be At your guy. Right. Yes. You know, believe yeah. and know that they want you to be the person. They do. They don't want to come yeah. back next week. They no. want to just go, this is our guy. But, but amateurs or un, less talented people than your dad do not sit there like that. They sit there with their arms closed. Next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so they don't care, nor should they sometimes. I, I, I think they should be, be, because they want answers. They don't know what they want. Yeah. I had done the casting with my father for the James Dean story and read all the actors. And, and I got my, a real insight into knowing right away whether this person fits your vision of the part. So sometimes a person comes in, they could be the best, but they really just don't fit the part. And you got to understand that as well. Right, right. That's right. Well, thank you all for joining us today. We are with Richard Kind, who's been kind enough to show May I, may I say something as we go out? Yes. Yes, of course. Take us out, Richard. I pray that I don't sound as pompous as what I think I may have sounded like. <laughs> this is very... This is very concentrated about what it is. And as I've said, I've said so much of this before that I'm able to get to it right away. We love that. You know, yes, about the answers. But we already love you, Richard. I know, but I don't. We already love you. I don't take myself so seriously. We know uh, that. Thank God. Thank God. As what this podcast 
may present me as. <laughs> Fair enough. That There you go. The perfect way to end. Richard Kind, Confessions of a Working Actor. Thank you, sir. We very much appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, it's been another great 20 minutes with you, my friend. And you too, brother. It's been fun. Yeah, that was great. Cool. I thought that was awesome. All right, star, star that. That was terrific. And we got another great guest coming up next week, so be sure to tune in again to Confessions of a Working Actor. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.